Good morning. Welcome to All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church. My name is Susan Caldwell, and I'm the director of Lifespan Faith Development, which is the way you use, like to use a lot of words to say I'm the Sunday school director. We are an intentionally diverse community who hold that we need not think alike to love alike. Remember that. You'll hear it again today. Whatever your identity, whatever your history, we're delighted you've chosen to join us today for worship. Visitors are welcome to attend any of our activities. There's a list of them on the insert in your order of service. Um, And all of those are free and open to the public. Um, Our service this morning is a little different from most of our weekly services. Our children's religious education program is divided into five thematic modules throughout the church year called Pillars. And we celebrate the end of each pillar with all ages together in the sanctuary for a special service. Today, our service celebrates the third of the six sources, which is wisdom of the world's religions that inspire us in our ethical and spiritual life. If this is your first visit here, there's a little gray card that you'll see a big W on it from a distance. It says, We Covenant to Affirm and Promote. And that will tell you the um, seven principles and the six sources of Unitarian Universalism, kind of give you an idea of what we do covenant around as a community. Um, We'll explore today the role that world religions do and do not play in our Unitarian Universalist faith journey. Our chaplain, Barbara Gerald, will be in the pulpit next week celebrating Evolution Sunday. Um, Membership in this church is open to all who are willing to support and participate in the life of the church, who contribute financially to the extent that they are able, and who affirm the principles and purposes of the Unitarian Universalist Association. If you'd like to know more about us, there are several ways that you can do that. Um, You can fill out one of the blue cards that's in front of you in the pew pockets. And um, if there's someone in particular, the chaplain or myself or someone else that you would like um, to receive a phone call from, you can put that on there or just leave us some information and we will um, would love to talk with you about whatever interests you. Um, you can also talk to someone at the back at the membership table. And I think, Ron, are you that guy today? This is Ron Thurston, who is our membership chair. And he's that guy. So if you want to talk to him uh, after the service, you can do that. Um, we have a couple of other options. Uh, next week, I believe it is, we have a newcomer. Is that correct, Ron? Newcomer information session is next week. Um, Right after the service, we show a DVD about the uh, denomination and talk a little bit about our church, so you get to get to know us a little better. We also, right now, have a new UU class running, which is uh, it's six sessions, and it's intended for either new members or people considering membership, and not-so-new members are very welcome, too. We've had some in our last class and in this class, and they... They get a lot out of it, so um, we really would encourage you to join us for that no matter how long you've been here. It does not meet, having said that, it does not meet this Tuesday, but it will meet um, on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. between now and April 5th. We won't meet this 22nd or March 22nd because of our board meetings. Um, Let's see. Got all that. 
Um, so whether you're new here or you've been a member for multiple decades, we'd love it if you would join us afterward. We do have a special um, Italian lunch today that our playground, our new playground committee has prepared for us, and that's going to be a little fundraiser for them. It's a $5 donation. Um, we are not going to bar you from eating <laughs> if you don't have that. And you, of course, are more than welcome to put in more than $5 if you would like. But it's 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 strictly donation. and. And it should be delicious, and it looks great back there. Um, I, our chaplain has some words for you right now, and so I'd like for her to come up. Uh, a longtime member of this church, John Rosser, uh, passed away earlier this week. Um, he had just turned 90, and the choir went and sang for him. We will have a funeral, not a memorial service, a funeral here for him Wednesday evening at 5.30. Because of this, I need the men of the church's help getting this front bench out after the service today or after the lunch today. Um, I will be speaking with some of you about some more of the details, but... Uh, we want to keep his family in our thoughts. As we move toward the body of the worship service, I'd ask that you silence or turn off all electronic devices um, and remind you that if you do have a cell phone on you and you are speaking from the pulpit today, you need to turn it off because even on silent, it will do things to the sound system. Um, Thank you, and let us enter the spirit of worship. All religions, all this singing is one song. The sun's light looks a little different on this wall than it does on that wall, and a lot different on this other one, but it's still one light. We have borrowed these clothes, these time and place personalities from a light, and when we praise, we are pouring it back in. Our chalice lighters this morning are Robin, Shane, and Caroline Drury. And Jason Drury, oh, welcome. (laughs) In the light of the chalice this morning, we were to hear the words of William Wordsworth, and I don't seem to have them in my copy. So I will say to you, it is a blessing to be. It is a blessing to be here. It is a blessing to be here now. It is a blessing to be here now together. If you'll join me in the unison affirmation that's printed in your order of service, stand as you are comfortable and say those words with me. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest for truth is its sacrament and service is its prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve human need to the end that all souls shall grow into harmony with the sacred. Thus do we covenant with each other. We have some incredibly talented kids in this congregation. Um, I have a story for you, and I'd love it if the pre-K and K-1 class, well, anybody else that would like to come up and join me, can come up and join me. Where's the pre-K, K-1 Come on down. 
I have one pre-KK one. Uh, I see two. I see three. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Lucy. Come here. Come on down here. <laughs> Yay. I think that's the best way to travel, personally. One of the reasons we study world religions is because there are stories within all the different traditions that can teach us wonderful lessons. And in the Muslim tradition, there's a group of Muslims called Sufis, and they believe in by prayer and meditation they can have a direct connection to God, a connection to the ultimate, to the power of the universe. And they do this by praying and by meditating and by dancing. A little bit later in the service, you'll get to hear some Sufi music. And they also do this by telling stories. They call them teaching stories. Yeah, teaching stories. And some of you may have heard last week the story of Nasreddin. Anybody remember that? I don't know who was there last week. So. No, I think it was last week, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll tell it and we'll see if you remember. Nasreddin was... Yeah, about the arrow. So you can, can you help me tell it maybe? So Nasreddin was a teacher and he was also a great archer. And he was going to an archery contest at the country fair. And so he had his bow and his arrows. Watch out for the cord. He had his bow and his arrows, and he was ready to compete in this archery contest. And so he takes his first shot. What does he do? What does he put on? Do you remember? A helmet, like he's going to be what? To keep his head safe. To keep his head safe is a good reason. But he wants to dress. What is he, what is he trying to dress up like? A warrior, or a knight, or a soldier, a warrior. He acts like he's going off to war, right? And the target is his enemy, that's right. He acts like he's the soldier, and the target is his enemy. And yes, he pulls it back just like that, and he fires it, and what happens? It went way over the target. It missed totally, right, way over. Okay, so he's got a second try. So now what does he do? Now how's he feeling, kind of? feeling kind of embarrassed, so he does this. Exactly. He's telling you the story. He's feeling kind of embarrassed, so he really kind of, exactly, but just like he said. What, is, what happens to the arrow? What? It goes like an inch away from him. <laughs> Pretty much. The arrow goes, boom, doesn't go anywhere. Anywhere near the target? No, absolutely not. The arrow goes nowhere near the target. That's right, straight down. So he has a third try. So he stands up, he fires the arrow, he aims it straight and through. What happens? Dead center. Dead center. Well, everybody's wildly clapping and applauding. Yay, Nasreddin, Nasreddin. He's so good. And then, wait a second. So (laughs) don't get ahead of me. So then what happens? All of a sudden, everybody gets quiet. Why do they get quiet? 
They're confused, exactly. And they want to know, what do they ask him? Uh, I think he asked, they asked him, you, how did you do it the last time, but the first few times you just missed it all. Exactly. It was, you, you did, it was so terrible those first two times. What happened that last time? He said, well, the first time I tried to go in acting like a soldier. And, and the target was my enemy and I fired the, the arrow and it went just straight over the, the target. He said, so then I was embarrassed. And, and that guy, that guy that was so embarrassed, when he fired the arrow, it fell way short of the target. And everyone else said, well then who was that third guy? And what did he say? It was himself. Yes. He said, that was me. So the important thing when you're going in to do something really hard and challenging is to remember what? Act like yourself. Be yourself. Yourself is the best person you can be. Be your best self. Thank you very much for helping me. Our responsive reading this morning is number 566. It's adapted from the words of the 16th century Transylvanian Unitarian theologian, Francis David. (laughs) It's the angels, huh? (laughs) In this world, there have always been many opinions about faith and salvation. You need not think alike to love alike. There must be knowledge in faith also. Sanctified reason is the lantern of faith. Religious reform can never be all at once, but gradually, step by step. If they offer something better, I will gladly learn. The most important spiritual function is conscience, the source of all spiritual joy and happiness. Conscience will not be quieted by anything less than truth and justice. We must accept God's truth in this lifetime. Salvation must be accomplished here on earth. God is indivisible. Edge os ishten. God is one. For our offertory this morning, we have the words of Mahatma Gandhi. If we are to respect others' religions as we would have them to respect our own, a friendly study of the world's religions is a sacred duty. And from Bill Clinton, a good Southern Baptist, a world without walls is the only sustainable world. If the world is dominated by people who believe that their races, their religions, their ethnic differences are the most important factors, then a huge number of people will perish in this century. And finally, from our own principles and purposes, the children's version, our churches are places where we accept one another and learn together. In gratitude for this place where we learn to accept, respect, and learn from the differences here among us, that we might carry that practice out into the wider world, we will now receive the gifts of the people. And now a teaching tale from another tradition, from the Shinto tradition of Japan. And our second through fifth grade class is here to present that for us.
The most beautiful and most important of all the Shinto gods and goddesses was the goddess Amaterasu, whose beauty outshone even the light itself. According to the ancient myth, a long, long time ago, Amaterasu became very angry with two of her younger brothers. They were rowdy, mischievous boys who drinking too much wine and destroyed her beautiful Japan, and that made her very angry and sad. After trying all she knew to get them to stop, Amaterasu could stand it no more and retreated to a cave, planning to never come out again. Of course, when she did this, the sun went away. Crops, then animals, began to die, and all the people were terribly sad and worried. And they ran off the two unruly brothers. But still, Amaretsu could not be consoled. Many people gathered outside the cave, where she stayed hidden, and they called to her, begging to see her radiant beauty once again. They told her how beautiful she was and how much they loved and needed her. But still, she remained crying alone in her cave. Finally, when so much time had passed that the people were running out of food and growing weaker, they thought of one last thing to try. Slowly and carefully, they moved a very large mirror to the entrance of the cave. Then they called Imaretsu, "O、oh, golden goddess, we know you will never come to us again. But please, if you would only look on us from inside your hiding place, oh please, we beg of you." And the sad goddess heard their pleading, and slowly turned her face towards the entrance of the cave. When she did so, she was amazed. For she had never before looked upon the unspeakable beauty of her own shining face. Slowly, she moved out of the cave towards the radiant light, and all the people gathered there, rejoicing as the sunlight once again shone on the land. The people who loved her had given her the gift of seeing herself through their loving eyes, and so she returned their love by shining upon them forevermore. Source and spirit of all life. God, far beyond any one name or understanding, we worship here together, grateful for the traditions that have enriched our own, and at once humbled and ennobled by the wisdom that is open to us. We hold ourselves in light and love, for sometimes when we pray to be filled with loving kindness for all beings, we can forget to include ourselves. When we would hide in our cave. We need a community that will hold up the mirror to us. Let us then be kind and loving to ourselves, for just as we must first inhale in order to breathe, in order to live, so must we first receive loving kindness if we are to offer it to others. We hold our families, our friends, our church community in light and love. Those in this room. Those who celebrate, those who mourn, those who are ill, those traveling far from us, those suffering loss—we ask blessings on all of them. We hold our city, our state, our country, our world in light and love. We ask blessings on those near and far who have sounded the cry of freedom. And have stood together in love and courage, some in great triumph, some in great danger. We hold our world in light and love. Grateful now for this opportunity to be still and present to this very moment, 
we rest now in the silence. I'm really, really happy to get to introduce Crystal Butler. Um, She's been a part of the youth program here at All Souls since her middle school years, and she gets to do this twice this year because this is her senior year, but this was such a good essay, and I wanted you to hear it now. Um, She, as many of you know, wrote the winning essay in the first um, youth essay contest for World Religion Day this year. Um, Since she's been at All Souls, she's been an active participant in youth and multi-generational activities, uh, including worship services, service projects. She's traveled out of town to um, rallies and helped host our own rally here in 2008, which are large youth gatherings for the district. Um, And most recently, she came and spoke to the adult new member class about the experience of a Unitarian Universalist youth. And I think everybody was there agreed that, that she did a wonderful job. Um, she's a senior at Captain Shreve. She hopes to go to LSUS to become an English teacher. She's the daughter of Frida and Daryl Butler and the big sister of Shelby. Um, please welcome Crystal Butler. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> All right. In my life, Unitarian Universalism is an important key to the way I live. The principles that we are taught, the golden rules of Unitarian Universalism, if you will, help me in many aspects of life. I have learned never to judge others for what they believe or how they choose to live their lives. My faith has inspired me to help build a loving, peaceful community, one that is compassionate for others and understanding, where everyone is entitled to just and equal opportunities in the world. My faith has helped me to realize exactly how important everyone is to one another, that there truly is an interdependent web that connects us all. The web is a symbol that shows that without one another, our community would fall apart, that everyone has his or her place. Unitarian Universalism has doubled, yes, maybe even tripled the size of my heart. The compassion that I feel for others is a direct link to my faith, In my eyes, in my walk of life, Unitarian Universalism teaches us to be better human beings. This is what caught my eye most of all. In this faith, there is no judging or violence. There is only room to expand open minds and the compassion for a community. This faith is a tool for building an environment in which I would want to live and bring up a family in one day. The people involved in this faith are the people I hope to see change the way our community functions. There are many imperfections in our system, and I believe that with the inspiration and compassion from the Unitarian Universalism faith, big changes could be made in our world and the way we live. This faith is not just a faith of words. It's a faith of action. At services, you become inspired to run out in the world and take a stand for what is right. This is the second thing that draws me to this faith, the inspiration. People are seen for what they truly are. There is no class system in this faith. Everyone is born with meaning and worth, and no one is overlooked. You are judged and not by the car you drive, the size of your house, or the amount of your paycheck. You are judged on your character, your personality, and your heart and soul. We are taught that not everyone will agree with you or get along with you, but they are entitled to respect and the truth. People are able to seek the truth and are free to ask questions and make the choice to be fully educated. 
If you ask a person a question and he or she does not know the answer, you are not shamed for asking that question, but that person will help you search for that piece of knowledge. In this faith, the quest for knowledge is promoted. If you are curious about something, you are the only thing standing in your way of the answer. In my faith, everyone is a teacher and a student, and the world is a classroom. In this way, everyone is connected to each other, and everyone can learn from one another. Our differences do not make us wrong. We are individuals, and if we can learn to accept the differences, many possibilities will open. Unitarian Universalism is a key to becoming a better person, improving a community, and becoming informed. My faith has truly opened my eyes to the world around me and the beauty and wonders of it all. We should cherish the time and the place we've been given. Life is something that should not be wasted and be full of hate and destruction. The love and compassion that my faith has to offer could help make this world a better, healthier place to live. This is what my faith means to me. Thank you. I'm going to be really brief because that's a hard act to follow. <laughs> but I do have a little short oh, homilet. Thank you, Crystal. That was beautiful. It was great to hear it again. My, and my little homilet is called, Really? We're Not? Um, I, was, I got the title of the service today came from something that several people have said to me once, in, one time in those words. Oh, that's that church out there with all the religions. And I said, no, not exactly. And I was talking with Katie Drew about this on Friday. Um, and I told her the title, and she, and she said, we're not, but I thought we accept everybody. And I said, yes, we do. That's a good point. We are an open and accepting faith, potentially embracing as many spiritual points of view as we have people in the pews. And yes, as one of our pamphlets in the foyer proudly proclaims, we are a church that prides itself on being a place where an interfaith couple can find a home, each seeking the sacred along the path that speaks to each one's heart, both looking for a place to raise their children, in which both paths are accepted and respected. I was hoping they'd be here today, but such a couple joined us not long ago, Mike and Cindy Dzinski, the pagan and the Presbyterian with their children Maggie and little Michael, and we could not be happier that they are here. And yes, they are in the right place. So why would I say that? We're not that church with all the religions. I say it because we are a religion unto ourselves, a long-standing faith tradition with roots that go back into the early Christian church and a particularly rich history in this country that's essentially woven into the history of our nation itself. Crystal touched on a lot of our principles. And if you look at some of our founders, the founders of our nation, Jefferson and Adams in particular, and you look at the ideals of religious freedom on which our nation was founded, you find those same ideals in the history of our faith and in our principles today. The right of conscience, the use of the democratic process, the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. The Unitarian idea that God is one, articulated so beautifully by Francis David in 16th century Transylvania, where for a time there was an edict of religious toleration, 
um, issued by the king, King Sigismund. It didn't last long. When his reign was over, they went back to pretty much Catholicism as the state religion. But in that time, they held debates where people were free to speak different theological points of view. And that is when Francis David said those words that have become the motto for this church. There's William Ellery Channing, who championed the goodness of humanity created in God's image. Emerson looked to Eastern paths for inspiration on his own transcendentalist path to the divine. Um, And this idea that God is one endures today in this living tradition as an idea that God, the holy, the sacred, the source of all, the mystery, the highest best part of us, however you would define that, is big enough to encompass a wide variety of names and images and ideas. The universalist idea that all are saved, the idea that as John Murray preached in 1770, we need to give them not hell but hope and courage, has endured through the early 19th century sermons of Hosea Ballou, who preached that the religion of a wrathful God could only serve to harden the hearts of its believers and overcome their natural human compassion. Today, this morning, just now, you heard a modern-day resident theologian, Crystal Butler, tell you that her faith has doubled, even tripled the size of her heart. I don't know about you, but that was one of my favorite lines in that essay. This is a religion about expanding your heart, about opening your heart. And that universalist legacy lives today in our acceptance of a vast, rich spectrum of believers, non-believers, and seekers on many paths. So yes, our living tradition draws from many sources. And yes, this faith, Unitarian Universalism, no hyphens, is a source of faith and strength, of hope and courage, of spiritual sustenance. We teach the wisdom of other faith traditions not as a religious smorgasbord, not as I'll take one from column A and one from column B, but as insight and holy scripture that are available to each of us on our own path as Unitarian Universalists. We give our high school seniors as they graduate the portable world Bible for this very reason, because we tell them the holy scriptures of the world are yours and they're open to you. We are historically and presently not a creedal faith, but a covenantal faith. And it's our covenant, our sacred promise to each other, to be together in community, to support each other in our spiritual paths, and to work together to make the world a better place. That is what unites us. That is what makes us uniquely Unitarian Universalist, and not just that church with all the religions. It's the faith we want to teach to you, our adults, and to you, our children. It's the legacy we want to leave you that you might grow up to say proudly all ten syllables, I am a Unitarian Universalist. John Murray said it best, go out into the highways and byways of America. Give the people something of your vision. You may possess only a small light, but uncover it, let it shine, use it in order to bring more light and understanding to the hearts and minds of men and women. Give them not hell, but hope and courage. Go in peace.